Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feeling, the podcast about fictional father figures and real life dads with real feelings. This week, we're talking about another video game, and I'm so sorry about that. Um, it's just that I've been playing this game a lot, and I need to talk about it. And this is one of the outlets I have for expressing my feelings, this podcast, and I have a captive audience, which is you. And um, I hope you'll enjoy hearing about the feelings that I have about this game, which is called Stardew Valley. If you've never heard of it, Stardew Valley is a farming game, which is sort of an odd concept for a video game if you don't have much familiarity with the genre. But this whole idea of farming games sort of started in a big way with the game Harvest Moon, which I think started on the Super Nintendo about 20 years ago, and it became this huge series. And basically the idea is you're given this farm, and it's your job to sort of take it from decrepit, uh, decaying, overgrown garbage and make it something that looks like a farm. And you do that by um, planting seeds and watering them every day and, and you know, tending animals and um, exploring and foraging for, for different kinds of vegetables and, and tubers and shoots and maybe even fishing or going to a mine and, and digging up ore to use to build things. And all the while you're you know, living in this farm that's adjacent to a town where all kinds of people live and you can go into town and, you know, sell your crops to them or buy new kinds of tools or even just chat with them and make friends and maybe even find love. Uh, so this this whole genre of games is, is sort of like, I think the itch that it scratches, um, well, it scratches several itches, right? It's like kind of a romance game, kind of a... Um, for the most part, very like nonviolent building kind of game. Um, and you can play them in a lot of different ways. And Stardew Valley is sort of a modern version of those games. It was made by this one guy and is kind of a huge deal. It came out, I believe, a couple of years ago at this point. And um, it's one of the biggest indie games um, in a long time, at, at least you know, measuring by, by fan base, I think. There's an enormous fan community around this game tons of mods, tons of fan art. And um, there's, you know, part of that is because it's just such a visually charming game. Um, and part of it, I think, is because it's really well designed and there's all these things that you can do. And part of it is because there's really cute characters who inhabit Stardew Valley. And so today I kind of want to talk about the ways that dads are portrayed in this game. So there's um, maybe like a couple dozen characters total, give or take. And um, you don't have, when you come into the town, a personal connection with any of them. You've been given this farm by the first dad who appears in your game, your grandfather. And the, the game opens with him on his deathbed saying like, hey, uh, here's, here's for you, player character. You, you, you create your own character. You have a name. And... Uh, so in my case, it was Hunter. Here's this. Take this letter and don't open it until you are at the lowest point in your life and you need a change. And uh, he passes away, and it sort of flash forwards to your character working in this really awful job, like at a like a call center or like in an office setting in a little cube with a computer at this place called Joja Corp, which is like kind of like an Amazon. Um, or just basically any like big 
multinational. Um, that's implied to just be really a really dehumanizing place to work. And um, so you open up this letter and it's the deed to this farm in Stardew Valley where your grandfather went and like started this new life uh, years ago and now he's giving it to you. And so you move there and um, you don't have any real connection with your parents. Um, they do occasionally send you letters, although the, an interesting thing is uh, you only get letters from your dad if you are playing a female character. If you're playing um, a male character, you get letters from your mom. Um, and they'll occasionally just like send you little gifts and things. Um, your dad just like sends you like joke, like a joke letter one time where he's like, um, he just sends you like some some rocks, <laughs> like as like a gift. Um, but uh, you know, he just sends you letters like, "Oh, like how's country life going? It's lonely here, but I'm proud of you." Um, like now that you're gone, I have all this money lying around, so here's some old money for you. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like cute. Like, um, well, your mom sends you like cookies and a cake, and like your dad just sends you like money and rocks <laughs> um and uh, but you don't really have any connection with your parents um so like your grandfather is really the main first father figure and uh, you start getting introduced to all these other people and you know they're living in family units in the town or like around the town um and i think the first major one is really the mayor and i guess i should say going into this that there are going to be spoilers for the game for a lot of the the plot details like you build up relationships with characters by giving them gifts and there are certain scenes that happen when you have certain numbers of, of hearts which is the way the game measures your the strength of your bond with with someone and um, I am going to be talking about some of those later scenes so if you are interested in playing the game and maybe don't want to hear about those things um, then just be aware of that going into this conversation so the mayor is sort of the first dad figure that you encounter in the game. His name's Lewis. Um, he's kind of like the dad of the town. He's like this older man, dresses in sort of like an old-fashioned way with a little cap, suspenders, um, collared shirt. And uh, he, he oversees all of the festivals in the town that happen over the course of the year. And um, just sort of seems like this really, you know, a really gentle sort of like figure just taking care of people and just like watching out for folks um and he doesn't really have like too much of a personality but he'll he'll say things like he knew your grandfather so he'll say things like oh i'm glad to see you relaxing at the saloon you know your grandfather always worked himself too hard i'll have an extra beer in his honor tonight um and like most of your interactions with him are like pretty pretty minor but he's sort of just like the ur dad of of the town um and as you you explore the town you start meeting other people and um, one of the, the first people you, you probably meet when you go to town is the proprietor of the general store, whose name is Pierre. And an interesting thing about Pierre that I think is going to color the rest of the dads in, in the game is that he runs this general store, but there's a Joe Mart that's just moved in to the town, um, which is like the company that you used to work for. It's like their corporate supermarket. And so his whole deal is that he's like running this general store that is like kind of struggling and can't compete with the, the deals that this supermarket 
chain is is offering or it's like a Walmart, I guess is maybe a better analogy. Um and there's a cutscene where uh the guy who runs the the manager of the Joja Mart comes in and gives everyone these like deep coupons. And Pierre's like, I can't compete with that. It's so obviously like this this uh store is just coming in and trying to crush all competition because they can afford to take some losses for a while. Whereas Pierre is just like this dude who has a family and is just sort of like making making a living. And he's sort of like represents this kind of like anxious he's like kind of an anxious dad figure i get the sense from him that he's like because he lives with his wife um and uh and uh their kid and like he i don't know maybe it's just the fact that he wears glasses (laughs) but um and he lives with like his wife and his daughter and like he's sort of the only guy there and um is a sort of trying to keep his business running um and just talks about having like the over the behind the counter blues and like having to just like be like you know in the store or like worrying about people not shopping enough or just like you know all this this stuff there's also a weird scene where like you find his porn like in his bedroom and then like you can tell you can say that he should tell his wife or you should can just be like oh your secret's safe with me and that's the thing about this game that's weird is like on the surface, Stardew Valley is this very cute, charming, idyllic farming game. But there's all these places where it just gets really dark. And this isn't one of the real dark places, but it is one of those things where it's like, oh, porn exists in this world, okay? Um, and Pierre is like into it and like uh, has to find somewhere else to hide his, his porn now that you found it. Like, uh, okay, dad. Um, it's probably just like hustlers or something, but still. Um, so, so that's Pierre. Um, I think another, the guy who lives right next to him, um, is sort of also kind of an anxious dad. Although I guess he's not actually a dad. He's an older man who is like this kind of older bachelor and reads is like very queer, but all of the romanceable characters in the game are player sexual. So they will date you regardless of your your sex um and he's kind of just this concerned sad doctor who just whenever you talk to him is like oh it's really cold you should bundle up or like oh i'm glad to see summer's going because the mosquitoes are going to go away and just like he's always worried about like people's health um and yeah he's sort of another example of this like anxious dad um but moving into like some of the more intense characters um like i talked when i was talking about um about pierre i was i mentioned that some of the dads in this game are kind of used to kind of inject anxieties into this idyllic little world um maybe one of the best examples of that is kent who isn't actually present at the beginning of the game he's one of the I think maybe the only character who lives in town who isn't there at first because he's off fighting a war against the Gatoro Empire, which first of all, when you hear that is like, whoa, war exists in this universe? Like, okay. I mean, I guess capitalism does, so that makes sense. But um, it's still kind of odd. And he gets back in your second year on the farm. And when he gets back, he has PTSD. There are scenes where like his wife is making popcorn and he rushes into the room freaking out and you have to like talk him down. Um, And then there are just more kind of mundane scenes where he's like, he regrets 
not being around to see his son more. And he's like asking you if you're friends with his son and like saying that you probably know him better than he does. Um, and like that he wishes he could have been there for him. It's just wild. Like this character who just has PTSD and like is was in this war and now has just come back and talks about like what war was like. Um, it's this very strange contrast. Um, and in the same way that Pierre is like this vector for economic anxieties, I feel like Kent is like this way of talking about militarism in the game, um, which otherwise like wouldn't really have a place in it, I don't think. Um, another example of that is the character George, who is actually a, a grandfather. And um, he he and his wife take care of their grandson, Alex, who it turns out lives with them because his father was this terrible, abusive alcoholic um, who eventually just left his family and then his mother died. And so he had to come live with his grandparents. And again, like fathers being terrible or like at least being a way to introduce dark themes into the the narrative um, again there. But, but George is like this kind of crotchety old man who just kind of sucks. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's more there if you dig into it, but I haven't really interacted with him a whole lot. But um, there is a cutscene where when you get married, there is sort of a, the celebration scene. And um, I've read multiple instances of people talking about this, but I wasn't able to find a video. So it's possible that it was patched in later or that it was patched out. The, the game gets updated a lot. So dialogues sometimes get added and removed. But there's apparently a dialogue scene where George, the grandfather, uh, when when uh, the player, if the player gets married to Alex and the player is male, George says something like, oh, how can two men get married? It's unnatural. I guess I'm just old fashioned. And it's like kind of the lightest way that homophobia could possibly be depicted in a narrative like this. But like, it's interesting that it's introduced at all and that it's introduced through this like grandfather figure and I guess if you were going to put it on anyone that's probably who would that's the easiest person to put it on because it's easy to just chalk it up as like being old-fashioned right but again it's like it would have I think been very easy to just not include that element of social dynamics in the game at all and I'm not saying like it was a good choice to do it or not I'm more just interested in the ways that like you know, which characters are being used to bring in these themes. And I think it is, if you look at it, like who who is the character who is introduces the topic of homophobia, however lightly, it's like a grandfather. Who is the character who introduces the fact that there is a war going on in this world? It's a father and economic anxieties and like, um, you know, corporate uh, destruction of small communities. It's a father, right? Like, um that to me is like an interesting thing. Um, and I will say like, not all the the fathers are like that. Like there's a character named Gus uh, who is sort of this, he looks kind of like Mario to me. He's like the, the owner of this, this bar and restaurant. And he's kind of just like a sweet man. And um, he, there's like a really sweet cutscene where um, the character finds this kind of outcast guy, Linus wrestling around in garbage cans. And the, the character George, the aforementioned grandpa, is like yelling about raccoons. 
And um, you can sort of like be kind of nice to Linus and be like, hey, if people are throwing food out, then you should take it. Like that's it's garbage. Like they don't want it. So you should like, well, there's no shame in taking it. Um, and then if you do that, Gus comes out and is like, hey, Linus, I know what you're doing. Like, if you need to eat something, just tell me. Like, I don't want anyone to go hungry in this town. Here, eat some zucchini fritters with my marinara sauce. Um, and it's, it was, like, really sweet because when I saw that, it was just like, oh, that made me feel like, oh, this is a community that protects uh, its members. And that's, that it felt, r- like, really strongly contrasting with an earlier scene in Pierre's where that I mentioned where the manager of the Joja Mart comes in with these coupons and like all of the customers grab them and run out of the store. Um, and so I think some, the game sometimes feels like, I mean, it isn't really simplistic in that way, right? Like it isn't saying, oh, this is a perfect community where everyone supports each other all the time um, or that everyone is amoral and just out for their own good. Like it's a little more complicated than that. Um, speaking of like another dad that's kind of, complicated and i guess this might be the last dad i want to talk about oh no there is one more that's kind of weird after that actually but um okay so demetrius is uh this guy who's a scientist he lives with his wife who is a carpenter they live in this little home up um up in the mountains and they have two kids um each from they each from their original families or like their initial, their first, their first marriages. Um, so they have a, what's called in sociological terms, a blended family. Um, and again, yeah, Demetrius is a scientist. Uh, Robin is a carpenter. They have two kids, uh, Sebastian, who is kind of just this goth. Like that is his personality is he's just like an edgelord. Uh, and Maru, who is like this overachiever, like, super smart scientist like builds robots um and is just like super friendly like works as a nurse uh at the the uh clinic is probably just like one of the best people uh in the game and um there's a scene well first of all like demetrius is sort of just portrayed as like the science dad he just really loves science he's kind of goofy um he just like jokes with his wife, like they go dancing every week. But there's like a really interesting scene where that triggers if you have more than a couple of of hearts with Maru, and you go into uh, into their house and like Maru and Demetrius are working in this lab, and they're like doing soil samples or something, um, and. Um, I should preface this by saying that Demetrius and Mario are two of the only characters who are portrayed as being like not white and specifically black. Um, like they're definitely the only two like black characters in the, the base game. Um, and some of the other characters, they're like varying shades of like white ish. Um, but most of the characters like definitely seem to be meant to be read as, as white um, there are patches that change, or not patches, mods that change that, but kind of upsettingly, there are also mods that make the very few people of color white. Um, but so again, Mario and Demetrius are um, are black. And there is, in this scene, uh, basically Mario leaves the room and Demetrius is just like, hey, hey, like, how's it going? Um, you know, I just love my special little girl, Mario. Like, 
And I just don't want anything to get in the way of her bright future. You know what I mean? And uh, it kind of came out of nowhere for me because I wasn't at all interested in like um, pursuing Maru because I was playing a gay character and um, I was already already going on dates with Shane. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, it just goes like, oh, yeah, no, totally, of course. Um, like, I'm not going to like... Um, um, I have no bad intentions towards your daughter but um, then Mario comes back in and you can either be like oh yeah we were just talking about soil or like oh yeah your dad was being weird to me um, and I just was like oh yeah I know everything's cool we're just chatting about soil um, and I don't know like I I really don't know too much about the developer or like the the writing that went into the game but it really felt like oh this is a character who is being written as being really concerned about excellence and about his child's potential um and in this town that is primarily full of like white people many of whom are just like seemingly going nowhere um like most of like his stepson sebastian just seems kind of like like a doofus with like very little I don't know, interests or like goals or anything um, and sort of like very isolated. And uh, like a lot of the other child characters or like even like sort of adult characters that you can, well, okay. So the game is kind of weird about people's ages. There's like romanceable characters and non-romanceable characters, but um, yeah, like most of the, you know, characters like Alex or Elliot or, or whoever are just like, like, kind of like poets or like layabouts, kind of like Elliot lives on the beach in like a shack. And Sam is just this guy who's constantly trying to do kickflips. And uh, Alex is just this guy who's like, really into like, just throwing a football, but like, isn't like, playing like, all the characters, most of the characters in this game are just actually just like very low key. Um, except with a few exceptions. And to me, like that would be interesting if that were intentionally written as this character who is like very concerned with, um, with his child, like having this future, like this really bright future um, as a person of color. But again, I don't know like if that is, I, I don't know how much I'm like, reading over reading onto that character um it could just be like oh he is the stern dad who is like really and like that's i think an equally valid reading um but again he's like the only black character um aside from his daughter so yeah um again like the ways that dads are used in this game I, i think is really interesting um there is one more dad who potential dad there's a wizard in this game which also tripped me up because i was like oh magic exists in this world okay cool um and he says that he has a secret daughter (laughs) in the village so there's some speculation on who his daughter is um with one of the possibilities being pierre's daughter which would make pierre not just anxious but a cuck so literally in the most literal sense of the word um I think that's about it for Stardew Valley. Uh, I really just sort of skimmed the um, the depth of these characters. Uh, 
I think it's it's a really interesting game for the characters, but like also for the non dad related reasons. Um, and there are just like yeah, some some interesting dads in it. Um, I will say that the male characters as a whole seem to be more written around their one thing that they do. Um, like Alex is really into football. Sam is really into skateboard. Sebastian is really into like being a goth. Um, Harvey is really into just doctor stuff, I guess. But uh, but they still are kind of interesting. Um, and it's interesting, too, there are mods that... There's so many mods that change the appearances of these characters. Um, a lot of them are really boring and sort of even gross, as you might expect. But some of them are just like, oh, everyone's... Like, every character in this game is a person of color now. Or just like, oh, I'm just going to, like, change some of them away from um, the designer's, like, uh, obvious type of women, which is, like, busty wenches. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um yeah, so I I should I think I'll probably do more digging into the dad related mods around this game. Oh, also, you can become a dad yourself. I didn't mention that, but you can become a dad um, because you can have kids. So um, you uh, can have biological children or adopt them. So that's pretty cool. You can be a dad in this game. Um, you can also dismiss your... Ch- oh, my God. Okay, sorry. I'm going down a dark a dark well, a dark path in the Stardew Valley wiki that uh, I, I do not want to know about and uh, is, is also spoiling me on potential child sacrifices later in the game. So we'll forget that that happened, and I think that will do it for us this week. Um... We're going to be moving off games soon, I promise. Uh, and we are going to we have some really great guests coming up in the next few weeks. Um, and one episode in particular that I've been wanting to do for a long time uh, that is maybe one of the most recognizable dads in pop culture history. So look forward to that. That should be in a few weeks. Um for now, I will say good night and be good. And I will see you next week. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com slash support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuis for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at dadfeelings and at staymeanco. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.